Good morning, Trinityland Church family. Pastor Bob here, and welcoming you to another Sunday morning worship time. We're going to have an awesome time of singing and sharing together here on, on line with this. Pastor Sean bringing a message to us. And I just want to take a moment to tell you that we're probably going to be doing this for a couple of more Sundays. So just keep watching uh, your email for updates. And we're looking forward to the time that we can get everybody back together in this awesome room and, and, and fellowship together again and make it happen. We don't know when that's going to be, but we hope it's going to be soon. Something for you to be praying about. It'd be awesome to be back together. Just wanted to give a shout out to this skeleton crew that we have here uh, taping this thing, everybody maintaining the social distances and things, our worship team and, and our tech team and everybody making this happen for you and uh, just to, so that we can worship the Lord together in this. And I mentioned uh, some names and things in the email last Sunday. So if you see these people uh, or if you can shoot them an email, do that and just thank them for what they've been doing behind the camera and up here on the stage and everything that's been going on there. It's been awesome. Just a couple of things I want to let you know what's happening. Our sacred space uh, time is, is happening on Saturday from 6 to 7 p.m. And that is on our Trinity Alliance Church Facebook group page. And so you need to go there if you want to join in the prayer time from 6 to 7. Um, if you're not already part of that, you'll have to be invited in. So just log in and we'll get you into that so that you can participate as part of that. So that'll be next Saturday beginning at 6 p.m. And it'll be live on Facebook. Uh, also, we had a baptism service that was planned for May 3rd. That obviously is canceled now. However, we are looking for, forward to a time when we can have this baptism again. So we still want to hear from you. If you'd like to follow the Lord and Believers Baptism, you need to let myself or Pastor Sean know about it. And we'll follow up with you about that. And as soon as we can schedule a one in, we're going to make that happen and have a big celebration with that of people following the Lord in baptism. So let us know about that as soon as you can. Also, we're planning to do something special for Mother's Day, um, and that's in two weeks. So we just want to throw that out there and let you be aware, be watching your email for what that special is. And uh, we, got, uh, um, uh, we got somebody special who's going to be bringing the message that Sunday morning, and so we want to just um, throw that there too and just be watching for what's going to be happening there. Also, uh, some of you have, have shared with us that you've had trouble getting the videos. Uh, you've been to watch them online, whatever it is. We want you to know that we also have podcasts available uh, of the service, and this is just audio versions of the service, of course. But if you go to the tacreading.info site, and you can see that address below me here on the screen, you can also go in the description on Facebook and YouTube and find the link there as well. If you go to tacreading.info, click on the Watch Now card, and then click to Subscribe Podcasts, you can download any sermon audio, and you can download it to your electronic device and listen to it at your leisure. And so if you know somebody who can't watch these things online, perhaps they can uh, listen to the podcast, or you can record it for them and then give it to them so they can listen at their leisure. So we just want to make sure that you're aware of that. There's other announcements and things. Keep watching tacreading.info site for more information. Uh, we're going to continue to send out the pastor's ponderings twice a week with some updates and things with that as well. So keep watching your email for uh, updates and what's happening here at Trinity Alliance Church. With that, we have a scripture reading this morning that I would like to read for you. It's out of Revelation chapter 21, verses 22 to 27. Follow along as I read. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. 
By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into the glory of the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in our various homes and, 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 and places to, to worship you in spirit and truth this morning. And I trust, Lord, that, that the distances that we have and the situation that we're currently facing will not take away from the joy of the worship that we can experience this morning. Lord, that we will engage our whole heart, soul, and mind in this this morning. I, I trust for your spirit to empower us this way. Lord, I, I thank you for the fact that those of us who know you, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, that you have promised us eternal life and that could never perish, spoil, or fade that it's kept in heaven for us. And so, Lord, I pray that as we journey this morning through song and through the word, and that that truth would be made all the more plain to us and, and, and that we would all the more cherish this relationship that we have with you, the, the relationship that you came to, to reestablish with us by giving your life, Lord Jesus. So we trust for your spirits leading on our time together this morning. We trust for a richest blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together. All right. You can stand if you'd like to. And you can also put your hands together and clap this morning. Yes. On two and four.
Hello church, it's uh, good to see you again. Uh, Welcome to our service, online service. Uh, I tell you, I think uh, you know it's starting to, you know, we may have been in this isolation a little bit too long when we begin to see Bob on the tractor. Uh, I mean, he's been on the tractor like all week long. Every day I come here to the church, and where's Bob? He's on the tractor. Is he doing anything? No, he's just doing brodies in the parking lot, and sometimes he does a little work here or there, but uh, poor Sherry. I mean, she's lost her husband to a tractor, right? And, but of course, you know, I guess I don't got much to say because I'm starting to talk about the birds. <laughs> so if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's because you haven't been watching our videos, the pastor's ponderings that are going out on Tuesday or Wednesday and Fridays, you need to watch those catch up and you'll get to see us talk about the birds and ride our little tractors around the church. It's great. Uh, Anyway, we are excited that you're here with us. We're glad to be able to worship like this. We're praising the Lord that he is a good, good God. And he has given us as a church not only the skills and the ability, but also uh, the, the tools that we need to be able to do a worship service like this online. And so we are glad that you can be here. We're thanking the Lord for what he's provided for us in this time, but again, we are hopeful that we can be back meeting again soon, all together, even giving hugs and all of that. Oh, I can't wait for a Dan Meyer hug, right? Oh, man, I miss him. Uh, Anyway, so uh, also, uh, we got a great opportunity this morning to listen and hear a little bit about what God's been doing in the life of the the Velpulas. I always mess up their name. I'm sorry, you guys. But anyway, so they are going to be, they did a shot, a little video, just kind of telling us a little bit about what's going on in their life. As you know, they were in India for a little longer time than they were expecting, but they're back home and uh, God has been good and is caring for them. So let's go ahead and watch this video and hear from them what God's doing in their life. Hello TAC family. I hope everybody's doing well and thank you Pastor Sean for giving us the opportunity to talk to share a little bit what God has been doing us during this season. Uh, So here we go. Elsie can you say hi? Hi. Baby you want to say hi? Hello. Yes, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity. As many of you probably know, we have been in India for the last two months. Six of those weeks were planned and the last two were not, but we kind of got stuck there with all of the nationwide lockdown and such. Um, But we are back and have been in quarantine, hard quarantine for the past two weeks. Um, But it has been an honor to get to worship with you virtually through videos and whatnot. Um, So it's good to see you all today. Um, Yeah, so in India, we were actually quarantined with 11 people. There were eight adults and three kids. Is that 11? Yeah. And then in here, back here in the States, there's actually six of us in the household. And I think what's funny is whether you're quarantined with 11 people or just you and your spouse. Um, Say bye. Can you say bye? Bye. Um, Yeah, I think what's funny is whether it's 11 people or just you and another person. 
I think being stuck in close quarters has a way of both bringing out the best and the worst of us at the same time. And unfortunately, I've seen that in myself in the ways that I just become so controlling. And I realize that I want things done a certain way and I want my life to look a certain way from day to day. And I want a certain routine and I want my house cleaned a certain way and I want so much personal space. And that's just not the case when you have 11 of you stuck inside a house. And um, that has just been a big challenge for me and God has both shown me the ugliness of my own heart as well as what my heart is capable of and the love that it's capable of showing. And so I've realized that it has been a big challenge to treat people better than all of those things and treating people as more important than my things and my personal space and my cleanliness and my daily routine and my finances, which I know is even hard in this time. And so um, that has been both a challenge, but also something beautiful to see what life can look like when I treat people more important than my things and my possessions and the control that I want to hold on to so tightly. Okay. And yes, I definitely agree what Grace have said. We definitely as a family experience that people are important than things. And not only as a personal life, I was able to see that in the communities, uh, especially in India, uh, where uh, due to this COVID virus, the whole country is shut down and uh, it is way, way more stricter than America. And once mm -hmm. the government shut down, everything is shut down. However, the testimonies I hear from India, it's, it is a, such a wonderful thing, even though there's in a village called Bumpeli, there's a brother called Suresh. And he, he, even though he didn't have enough, he didn't have enough for the month. However, whatever he has, the grain in his house and whatever the basic needs, he was giving to these communities, to his neighbors. And this was a good testimony as a Christians doing, coming out of and sharing with what they have little. So it's not only we are learning as a family, knowing about God, what God is doing us, bringing us together and getting to know him as well as we're able to see that communities are getting together and helping each other. Uh, and it is a good testimony in, in India. And yeah, that's something I've learned that due to this season, God is bringing people together and he's showing that, that Christ is there or Christ is caring for them or providing for them. And they could see this and come to know the Christ because of Christ, what he's doing. In their lives and I also personally I believe that God is in control of all these things during this time and uh, God is going to bring good out of this that many people will come to know Christ because there is no solution or no answer for these things in the earth because nobody can answer this except God can answer how uh, how value human life is through this situation however uh, I thank God that God has been showing in my life that Things are not important. We are not in control of these things. Worldly materialities uh, cannot be, we can trust in worldly material, but God is sovereign, He's in control. And I believe that, uh, that, that God is gonna work in a way that people will come to know Him. And uh, yeah, and uh, there, yeah, that's it for now, but I would like to show more in coming days and continue to pray for us. 
and uh, we encourage you to continue to pray and continue to keep up the good work and that you guys shine Jesus light. We miss you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Valpulas. <laughs> it is so good to hear what you guys are doing and what you're talking about and how God is working in your life. We are glad that you're home, and we're also glad that you're joining us in worship uh, this week, and so we're just praising the Lord for that. Uh, let's uh, pray and continue with our service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are involved in all that's going on. You're involved in our lives personally. You're in our community. You're in our nation. You're in this world, or that you are present, that you are active you are working. Lord, continue to uh, give us the patience to make it through this time of isolation and sheltering in place. Lord, I pray that you continue to give wisdom to our, uh, our authorities in our, in our state and in our nation. Uh, also give uh, me and the elders uh, wisdom and discernment as we start to look at the possibilities of meeting again in the near future, uh, that you would just guide us in all of that, and that, Lord, you would continue to protect lives. Lord, that you would uh, help, uh, help us to avoid getting sick of this virus and that you would be with all the families around the world who have lost loved ones as a result. Lord, we know that you are a God who loves and cares for us even in the times of trial and difficulty. Uh, And so we just ask that you would continue to walk with those people who have lost loved ones uh, as a result of this virus. Lord, we want to lift this service up to you too. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would uh, just be uh, communicating to our hearts. Lord, you're revealing new truths to us, uh, that we would come to uh, new understandings of who you are as we explore Jesus as the light of the world. Lord, help us to understand that more fully. Help us to live into that more uh, completely. And may you be glorified in our life as we seek you in the midst of this chaotic time. Lord, thank you for this service. Bless us now as we continue to worship you in Jesus' name name. Amen. All right, church, let's worship. Amen. Let's continue to worship this morning. Let's continue to turn our eyes on our Savior and our Lord Jesus this morning. Let's enter, continue to enter into his presence this morning and just to worship. He is worthy and worthy of our praise. Amen. All right. Oh, oh. You are the peace in my trust. 
does lead us safe to shore and bring us peace. your name still call the sea to still the rage in me to still every wave at your name Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus you silence fear, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, breathe, call these bones to live, call these lungs to sing once again. I will praise Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus. 
working even when i don't feel that you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't feel that you're working even when i don't feel that you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working Jesus, we are here for you and because of you. God, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you are holy and that you are good. Father, would you be worshiped and glorified through the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart. God, I pray that that would continue as we listen to this sermon. Would you rid us of all distractions that may stop us from hearing what you have for us today. So we praise you as our miracle worker and our way maker. We pray all this in your name. Amen. So we are getting close to uh, what is, for a lot of people, one of their favorite, if not uh, their actual, the favorite holiday. Uh, That's right. Uh, No, it's not Cinco de Mayo. No, 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 not that one. I know a lot of you enjoy that one. That's what I'm not talking about. And no, not Mother's Day. No, mothers are great. Don't get me wrong. I love my mom. 
Uh, also not Father's Day, but the favorite holiday coming up is July 4th, Independence Day. I mean, what a great holiday, right? I mean, think about it. I mean, you got barbecues going on. You got people all getting together. Remember those days when we used to all get together? That was were fun, huh? Anyway, get everybody together, and you had the barbecue, had a good time, and uh, just a lot of food and celebrations, potato salad. Oh, I love potato salad. My wife makes some amazing potato salad, and it's great, right? And so... Uh, uh, just a fun, super fun holiday, and uh, all the excitement and all the things going on uh, around the whole nation, just a joyous occasion, right? But, but probably, of course, you know, I mean, the highlight of Independence Day is what happens after dark, right? Once the sun begins to set, and then the real action begins, as fireworks start getting uh, exploded all around, and you get to see these amazing light shows in the sky, and uh, uh, all this amazing color and these loud booms and, ah, oh, man, it's just one of the best things ever. Now, now, I personally am not a big firework guy in the sense that, you know, I personally don't like lighting off fireworks. I don't know. I've got maybe a healthy fear of fire and explosions, maybe. I don't know what it is, but I have never really liked lighting off fireworks. You know, I just kind of always like just feel like this is going to hurt probably at some point. And so I personally, I know others that they, you know, they love to light off fireworks. You know, my, my son loves to do it and others that I know that love to have, you know, these amazing, you know, fireworks displays that they light off. But me personally, I'm not too into that. But, you know, I still love the, the sounds and the amazing uh, colors of the fireworks. And I love the smell of that, you know, gunpowder kind of smell, burnt, you know, kind of just like, yes! And so I love to watch fireworks go off. And I, I, I always loved a great show. Well, my, our neighborhood, our neighborhood in West Richland was always, every year, the best show. It, it was just awesome. So now it's a small town. It's West Richland. It, it, it was a small town, about 10, 12,000 people, maybe up to 15,000 max. But it was the only town in the area that allowed personal fireworks that you could like light off in mortars and stuff. And so like 200,000 people, the surrounding cities, they seemed like they all just poured into West Richland as it got dark on Independence Day. And it was an amazing, I mean, it was just eye-dazzling. It was like just heart-thump, chest-thumping, right, because of the boom. It was awesome war zone all around my house. I mean, it was so bad that like you could literally not leave our house. You couldn't drive down the streets after about 8 p.m. because there were so many people lighting and mortars going off over your head just constantly that you couldn't drive down the streets. It was just impossible. If you did, people were like mad at you. Like, what are you doing? Come on, man. We're trying to have a show here. You know, it was crazy. And so uh, it quickly became kind of our tradition at our house to go to the second story window and step out onto the roof of the garage 
And then we would go along on the, you know, the, you know, the roof of the garage and get to the peak and we'd bring our lawn chairs. And so me and the kids, we'd put all of our lawn chairs and occasionally we even brought our dogs out there because they wanted to be part of the show. And so we would sit on the roof of uh, the peak of our garage and have this 360 degree, degree view of this amazing show just constantly going on for like three hours. Now, you'll notice I didn't include my wife in that because every year she would complain about how unsafe it was for us to be sitting on the peak of the roof and how that was just not right for us to be doing that. However, every year she always would end up on the roof with us eventually and enjoying the show along with us. So it was like this perfect spot where we could see, I mean, all the amazing shows, but we could also see the city show because we were up high enough. So we got ahead above the other roofs and we could see the other, the city show that was going off with the really big ones, right? And we couldn't quite hear them, but we could at least see them. And it was just an amazing show, but it was also, we were just high enough so that, you know, we had a few misfires that you know, kind of got us a little bit freaked out a couple, a couple of times as they go whizzing by us, right, and explode just barely over our head. But it was, you know, Independence Day, it was awesome. It's just a great celebration, a great time as a whole nation as we come to, to realize, you know, just the freedoms that we have and celebrating the fact that, you know, America is great and, and uh, that we can just enjoy each other's company. Uh, it actually, I think, would have been similar in some sense to Feast of Booths for the Jewish nation 2,000 some years ago at the time of Jesus. Uh, the Feast of Booths was a feast that they practiced every year uh, that, that would, uh, was a huge celebration. It was a week-long feast and celebration. And it was celebrating the fact that Jesus was with them through the desert. That he was with them and he was walking with them, but he was also providing for them for the 40 years that they were in the desert when they were living in booths, when they were living in tents. And so the Jews would celebrate by making tents and they would live out in those tents and they would celebrate by kind of reenacting in some sense what it would have been like to be the Jew or to be the Israelites in the desert. And they would celebrate also with this amazing thing. Each night of the feast, they would light these huge menorahs in the courtyard of the temple. They were like 75 feet tall. And they would light them and and the flames would go up and they were so bright that the whole city of Jerusalem was lit up just by the lights in the temple. So it was at night, right? I mean, it's amazing. But more than that, because Jerusalem was kind of on a hill, a town, the town of Galilee, which was about 60 miles away, could see the lights. They see these huge flames coming up from the temple. And so I, you know, I can imagine that, I mean, maybe you can too, that, that maybe many Jews were getting up on to the, the, their rooftops in order to catch a glimpse of the lights and the temple, to, to see the flames and to see this light. And the, the significance of lighting these menorahs was, it was meant to represent the pillar of fire that God used to, to lead the Israelites through the desert. Now, it's in the midst of this festival, in the midst of this feast of the booths, that Jesus says these words in John 8, 12, 
I am the light of the world. Think about that. I mean, again, you know, like last week, he doesn't, doesn't grab this concept of bread out of nowhere. He doesn't con- grab this concept of light out of nowhere. He's using this experience that they all just had the night before of seeing this amazing light show in the temple. And then Jesus steps in and says, I am the light of the world. Now, when he said that, he's actually saying that he is greater even than the light that they saw the night before, saying that he is not just a light that was for the Jews. He's not just a light for the Israelites, for God's chosen people, but he is a light for the entire world, that he was a light that was greater than the lights that have come before, that he was the true light, that he was the personal light, that he was the eternal light. Let's turn to our passage in John chapter 8. Again, in verse 12, Jesus says this just briefly. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The first thing we see that Jesus is drawing their attention to is the fact that Jesus is the true light. He is truth. He is is the only source of truth. He's the one that understands what's true. He's the one that is true. All truth, Jesus is saying, is found in him. If there is any truth in this world, it's only because of Jesus. It's Jesus the one who is the, is the truth. He is the source of the truth. He is not like a reflection of the truth. He is the full source of the truth. You know, he is like the sun for us here on planet Earth. The sun is our source of light. He is not like the moon, which simply reflects that light. Jesus is the source of all truth. Now, the reason that we can draw this kind of truth perspective out is because what we see later in the chapter, see, right after Jesus says this, the Pharisees kind of get a little bit bent out of shape and they kind of start questioning him. It's like, who are you? I mean, who are you to say that you're the light of the world, right? And who are you to claim these things? I mean, you have no proof. You have no evidence that that's true. You need to have, you know, a couple of witnesses in order to prove that's true, right? And so so Jesus goes on through this and we see down in verse, Verses 31 to 38, kind of Jesus dealing with this. He says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciple, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. You see, there are lots of truths in this world that we live in. 
Lots of them out there, right? And lots of people who claim to be truth. And, and consider, the, you know, first of all, just the realities of the knowledge of truth, the amount of knowledge that we have. We live in a generation where knowledge is more prevalent than it ever has been. Now, consider this, how quickly knowledge continues to grow. Uh, in 1900, they thought, you know, scholars and people who study these things said that knowledge, the amount of knowledge that was there for humans to know and understand, that every, in 1900, every 100 years, that amount of knowledge was doubled. So every 100 years, there was twice as much knowledge for human beings to know and could know. I mean, not one per human couldn't know at all, but there was that much more knowledge. In 1945, they say that, it was, uh, that knowledge doubled every 25 years. And then in 1980, it said that knowledge doubled every 12 or 13 months. Scholars say that today, in 2020, the amount of knowledge that's in the world that humans could know and do know doubles every 12 hours. We are a culture of knowledge. We are a generation where knowledge is everywhere. We think that we know and understand the world. I mean, think about the things that we're able to do because of this knowledge. The advancements in, in science, right? And the human body and the medically, what we can do for the body nowadays. It's amazing even to watch what's happening with this virus. How quickly they'll be able to figure out, uh, you know, what, uh, uh, how to, uh, an immunity to it. Or how to figure out how it's trans, you know, transmitting from one person to the other. Or, or all these things that we can understand, but cancer, you know, 25, 30 years ago was, it was much more devastating than it is today because we continue to learn more and more and more, and so now we're able to combat these cancers, and they don't always end our lives anymore. There's so many of them now that we're able to treat and be able to recover from and be healed from. Think about the, you know, the fact that our world continues to grow, our universe continues to grow because of things like LIGO, which is this weird, like, uh, sensor that, that senses gravity waves, gravity waves, right, that have come light years, like, like thousands of light years away, and we have a sensor that splits a laser somehow and is able to, to track and to be able to pick up and detect those gravity waves as they go through the earth so that we are be able, we're now able to see further and further away from earth into space, into our universe. We are learning more and more, and because we're learning more, we think we've got it all. You know, we can fix it all. We really don't need a higher power anymore. We've got the power of the mind. We've got the power of Google, right? I mean, how often did you, I remember as a kid sitting around, you know, the table, right? And you go, oh, you know what? I wonder how far it is from Seattle to New York, you know? You know how hard it was to figure that out? How many miles? You had to pull out a map and you'd have to figure out you know, how to get it. It was crazy. Now you just like Google. How many miles between Seattle and New York City? Boom, it's done, right? I mean, we have a Google. We don't need a God, right? We don't need someone to help us with that. And we've got all of this amazing knowledge. We know the truth from our experiences, from books, from experiments, from our studying. But more than that, you know, we have become our own source of truth. You know, it used to be that truth was always kind of outside of us. 
that we were always searching for truth from other aspects or other sources. But now we have become a source of truth. It's our ideas. It's our perspectives individually, not even just corporately, just individually. Sometimes it's corporately too, but you know, we can have our own truth. We can understand, we can be our own source of truth and have our own understanding of how things work based on the materials maybe that we've looked at or the things that we've experienced. I mean, consider the media, and they've got a source of truth. They consider themselves to be the source of truth. Each, each TV station, right, each news station, it, it all, they all think that they are the source of truth. Consider our political you know, uh, figures, you know, our presidents and our governors. They all seem to think that they are the source of truth, and their perspective is the right one. Consider, uh, you know, even churches. Find many churches that they think that, you know, oh, we've got the corner on the truth market. This is, this is what truth is. And everybody else doesn't, if they don't believe this way, well, then they're out to lunch. See, we have become the source of truth in our own minds. Because of this, we begin to fight against each other in, in ways that we never would have in the past. Part of the reason I think our country is as divided as we are is because truth is no longer uh, something that we're seeking to obtain that's outside of us. Truth is now part of us. It's in us. It's personal. And so for someone to have a different truth than ours or to believe something different than us, it's now very, very personal. Before it was, well, we're disagreeing about you know, different people's perspectives or truth was out here, but now that truth is here, you know, for you to say that you disagree with me is like you're saying you're disagreeing with who I am as a human being, what I stand for, what I, you know, what my purpose is, what my value is. We need to recognize, though, and Jesus is proclaiming this loud and clear, that he is the only source of truth. He is the only source of truth. Now, now, it's not that he's the only one that can speak truth, right? But he's the only one that is the source of truth. All truth that we experience comes from Jesus. He created all of this. Remember that, right? He created all that we see. Everything that is existing is existing because he created it. He is the source of all truth. Truth is not, does, not, uh, does not lie within us. We need to be seeking him. It's through seeking him that we can understand what is going around in our world. It's through seeking him that we can understand what and how to behave and what to do and how to live our life. It is through seeking him and understanding his truth that we can enjoy this amazing relationship we have with him. Truth is only found in Jesus the second piece of this is that Jesus says that he is the personal light. He's not just the truth. He's not just the true light, but he's also the personal light. He is the only source of God's presence. He's the only source of God's presence, Emmanuel. He, he is with us, and Jesus is that source and that, that, perspect, that perspective that we have. He's saying, look to me. I am the presence of God. I am showing you and proving to you by my existence, by my living and walking with you at this time, that, I am, that God is with you, that the I am is with you.
But more than that, he's saying that it's about a relationship. That Jesus being the light is not just a light that's removed from us. It's not just a truth that's removed from us, but it's a truth and it's a light that's within us, that he's with us, that he is walking with us, that we can tap into that truth, that we can tap into that relationship with God at any moment, at any time. It is through that relationship with Jesus that we are able to understand our, our, our path in life, our purpose in life. You know, the truth is, is we all are looking. We're all looking for what is our life about? Why are we here? These questions, why are we here? Are we valuable? What is our purpose? Where are we going? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? You know, Jesus goes on in this passage, and it's chapter 9. And I, th- I just think it's so interesting because he's going to say this, I am the light of the world thing again, but now he puts it in a different context. Here it is, uh, chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. And he passed by, and he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not this man who sinned. It was not this man sin- oh, Sorry. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. And then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Shalom, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. You see, why does this man exist? He's blind. His disciples are like, you know, what's the point? Why is, I mean, he was born blind. He's never been able to see, and now he's just a beggar, it seems, all of his life. And Jesus is the only one who can shed, shed light, a personal light into, the light, into the life of this man. To say, no, 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 this is not about sin. This is about this man receiving God's glory. To be glorified to be able to see the one who is glorified. You see, we are all looking for self-discovery through relationships. You know, it starts when we're a kid. We try to figure out who we are in that relationship with our parents. And then as we get into teen years, it begins to we figure out who we are through our friends. Eventually, maybe it's our spouse. And certainly popular nowadays is... Um, you know, just relationship with myself. <laughs> we have a culture right now that is all about getting to know and in touch with who I am. Like I'm a third person or I'm separate from, like there's two different people there. <laughs> but it's in the relationship we have with Jesus where we can find that truth. It's in that relationship that we can understand who we really are. That we can understand our real value, our real purpose. 
We can understand what God has for us and where he's leading us. And I think it's true that all of us have been created for God's glory. To bring glory to his name. This is the purpose for all of us. But again, it's not a purpose that's found within. It's a purpose that's found without. That as we seek Jesus, we find these truths. We find who we are meant to be. It is the exact opposite of what our culture is telling us, that we can discover who we are by going inward, when in actuality, Scripture teaches we discover who we are by turning outward and looking to Jesus, the one who created us. We can only know ourself in intimate relationship with Jesus. The third aspect of light that Jesus is proclaiming here is that Jesus is also the eternal light. He is the only source of salvation. He's the only source of salvation. There's no other way that we can be saved except through Jesus. But understand that this light that he is shining is a warning light that the kingdom of heaven is near. Imagine the the Israelites for 40 years in the desert. Imagine the nations that were around the desert watching the Israelites going through the desert and imagine them seeing the pillar of fire that was leading the Israelites. The fear that that would bring into their hearts, I'm sure, to know that their God has this amazing pillar of fire and that they all move whenever that pillar of fire moves. The fear that would come, it was a warning to all of those nations around the desert, around where the Israelites were wandering, saying, I'm coming. (laughs) I'm coming. The day is coming when the children of Israel will enter the promised land. And folks, this is still true today. That Jesus is still the warning light to the world saying, look, I'm coming. (laughs) I'm coming back and I'm going to bring my people into my eternal kingdom. Are you ready? The reality of this amazing and powerful eternal light is that it never diminishes. It never goes out. It's a constant beacon marking where the eternal kingdom is. But so many of us seek to shade, to hide, to shadow this eternal light. Seek to ignore it somehow get around it. And again, if we continue in our passage to chapter 9, at the end, it it goes on, it talks about this this blind man who gains his sight through a miracle. And uh, the Pharisees are not happy about this guy getting his sight, and so they grill him several times. They call on his parents and and start grilling them about, hey, was this guy actually blind at birth or not? And and there's all this crazy going on. And then towards the end of the the chapter, 9.30, 35 to 38, this is what happens. Jesus heard that they had cast this man out of the temple. And having found him, Jesus says, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? See, he had been healed by Jesus, but by the time he got back from washing, he did, Jesus was gone. He didn't even know that Jesus, this guy that he's talking to right now, was the one who healed him. And so Jesus then says to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Lord, I believe. 
and he worshiped him. You see, Jesus is the eternal light. It wasn't just the healing. He didn't give him personal truth or personal understanding and in this personal relationship just for his own good, but because he's calling him to eternal salvation. He's revealing an eternal light, but we, we want to shade it. We want to hide it. The, the Pharisees wanted to hide this miracle. They didn't want him proclaiming this Jesus. They didn't want him anybody to know about it. They wanted him to be quiet about this miracle. But G, there, and there's so many in our culture today that are seeking to ignore Jesus, seeking to suppress the truth about Jesus, seeking to somehow just diminish him and, and put him off, push him off to the side like he's not important. They want to find their own salvation. As a matter of fact, many of us are very happy with the salvation that we have discovered. Salvation of our own minds. Salvation of science, because science can explain it all. Salvation of just piety, living righteously. I've figured out how to do that well. Salvation of philanthropy. Generosity given to those people who are, you know, just can't provide for themselves. Or maybe we found our salvation in philosophy. Or for many of us who are maybe quote-unquote Christians, theology. See, we've, there's a lot of ways that people think that they can be saved and they strive for that salvation. But all of those things, they always are trying to hide the bright light of Jesus, the eternal light of Jesus. Because that eternal light is always there. It never diminishes. It's always there haunting them saying, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And the funny thing is, is that the light from the salvation that we often seek, it's, it's so dim that it's only when we cup our hands around it that we can even see any of the light. Because the light of Jesus is so bright. But we deny it. The truth is, eternity only comes, salvation only comes through Jesus. He's the only one that can offer it. So we see that Jesus is the greater light. He's the true light. The true light that he is the one and the only source of truth. He's the personal light, the only source of this presence of God that we can experience and enjoy. He is the only eternal light of salvation that allows us to experience an eternity in the heavenly kingdom like we read about at the beginning where he is the light of the kingdom. There's no need for any other lights to be there because Jesus is there, the Lamb of God, and he is lighting up a city. So worship team, why don't you come as I conclude with a few more questions, just or a few questions for you to consider at the end of this message. The first question is, what truth are you seeking? Are you seeking truth just through knowledge, just through the sources that are offered in this world, maybe through the news or through books and studying, or maybe you've got a few people that you really like and that you really seek and they're the ones to help you with your truth. Are you looking for the only source of truth? Are you looking for Jesus, who is the true light? What relationship are you pursuing? Are you seeking to define who you are or understand who you are by your relationships with other people, your parents, or with you know, maybe friends, or with your spouse? 
or just with yourself? Are you seeking to understand who God has made you to be through a relationship with him that only comes in a relationship with Jesus? And what salvation are you trusting? Do you have your salvation figured out? Maybe through science or through generosity or just you know living righteously? Or have you recognized that Jesus is the only eternal light. He's the only source of salvation. Uh, I want to read just briefly the last couple of verses of chapter 9 because the final question I want to ask is kind of related to this. Uh, 30, verses 39 and 40. So he just has finished. You have seen him in verse 38 or verse 37. You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And the man says, He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And then Jesus says, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. The question that I want to end with is, do you know anyone who is blind? Not physically blind, but do you know anyone who thinks that they see because they've got it all figured out? They've got all the information they need. They know exactly who they are. They know exactly what their salvation is coming from. But they don't know Jesus. Do you have a friend? Do you have a family member who is blind? Are you blind? Have you been deceived by these other truths? Deceived by these other relationships? Deceived by these other salvations? Jesus is the only true light, the only personal relationship, and the only salvation. May we each focus our eyes on him and trust him for today and our future. All right, church, let's continue to worship together with another song. waits for a miracle the heart longs for a little bit of hope oh come oh come Emmanuel a child prays for peace on earth and she's calling out from a sea of her Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. 
Father, we uh, just thank you for your goodness to us, and as we continue to seek to discover who this Jesus is as he reveals himself to us, um, Lord, I just pray that you continue to open up our minds, Lord, that you would give us that truth and help us to understand the truth that he is the light of the world. 
You would drive these realities deep into our heart as we recognize that you are a God who just didn't create a bunch of robots that are just kind of out there doing their thing, but that you've created individuals in your image who you long to be in intimate relationship with we would continue to seek that relationship. It's a miracle that we can enjoy that relationship here. You know, so often we think, ah, I can't see God. How can I have a relationship with something I can't see? But it is true. Lord, as we seek your face, we can see it not with our physical eyes, but with our spiritual eyes. And that is a reality that is beyond anything that the physical world can offer. Lord, I also pray that you would Help us to understand more fully that you are the only source, that Jesus is the only source of salvation. That we would stop trying to earn our salvation or trying to gain salvation from these other means. The world has so many things that offers us to say, hey, or try this or that or this. But Lord, help us to reject all of that. And may you reveal to us the things that we're leaning into and trusting for our salvation and that we would repent of that and turn our eyes back to Jesus. Lord, you are a mighty and awesome God, and it's a privilege for us to even be able to know you, let alone be in relationship with you and spend all eternity with you. Lord, help us to understand Jesus is the light of the world. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 and following, it reads like this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. May we enjoy his word in us. Lord, help us to enjoy your word in us. May we walk in the light. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless and hallelujah. Thank you, church, again for joining us. For those who maybe are not a part of our church, we hope you've enjoyed the online service as well. And we hope that someday you'll be able to come and we can meet and we can actually get to know you face-to-face and have a conversation. But if not, we just encourage you to send us an email. Go to our website, tacredding.info, and you can fill out a little visitor card and just give us a little bit of your information, and we can maybe do a phone call or a Zoom message of some sort short. We want to get to know you if we can, if you're enjoying what you're experiencing on these online services. We're a church that loves the Lord. We love to enjoy our relationship with Jesus. That's what we're seeking to do together. So if you want to be a part of that, we'd love to have you. God bless you guys. Have a great day and let's continue to sing some more, huh? All right, go Laura.
gears a little bit and we're gonna see if any of you can understand we're gonna sing yeah it's a minor e e e or in the key b all right Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's really indeed. All right. Do we need one? Oh, okay, I was going to say, do we need more? <laughs>